Warning, the following podcast may contain language of an explicit or adult nature. Listener discretion is advised. Now, now, now. it's time for your VO news served piping hot and fresh. Gather round, it's time for the VoiceOver Cafe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the year-end edition of the VoiceOver Cafe. My name is Sean Caldwell. Also, we have Trish Pisani today. Hey, Trish, how you doing? Hello, I'm good. You had a heck of a party just earlier this month. Oh my gosh, it was awesome. We had so much fun in New York City. And if you weren't there, well, you missed it. And plan ahead for next year. We always throw it on the first Saturday of December. It's always in the city in New York. So if you're coming from far away, plan it now. We always do it. Peter Bishop is with us as well. Hey, Peter. Hi. I understand you've had some interesting medical narration lately. I would call them the medical narrations from hell. Uh, they've been interesting. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, a, it's a skill. It's a skill. I may mention it later, but I've had a, uh, quite a few medical narrations recently, and it's, uh, it's good work. All right. Excellent. Uh, Matt Colrick is with us as well. Matt, you're getting ready to move into a new studio, yes? Oh, yeah. End days here. Nearly there. Nice. Uh, it's pretty, pretty fun. Uh, you know, I'm sure everyone has, has dealt with... Uh, that that transition process but we're building uh it's a room in a room you know the the floating floating wall ceiling floor all that and uh got some nice big windows and there's a a room adjacent to to this one full of acoustic panels ready to go in nice oh good did you go with two inch or four inch uh, went with two inch. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. I have a little mix of two inch and four inch here, and uh, I, I haven't finished putting them all up on the wall. And earlier today, one of them hit me while I was doing something else. It was very exciting. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it was making a bid for freedom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I usually go with the uh, two inch over a, a two inch air gap. Yeah. So they're they're four inches deep, but only two right. inches of what's it, and then two inches of air. Very nice. I, That's one way of doing it. I, I learned building the new studio. I'm, I'm, I'm no longer in a um, uh, in a whisper room or in a, a vocal booth. I'm I, in an open room, and uh, I learned a whole lot about you know two inch and four inch panels and and everything else. So it's been a, a neat experience. And Matt, I'm sure you're going even uh, farther than I am with all the stuff you're doing. Oh, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, I, I it's, could throw in the experience. That's the, sure. the technical word here. Uh, have you put in any super chunks? Super, super chunks. chunks? Yeah, I was the, not advised about any chunking. <laughs> There's a big, the big triangular ones you use to uh, build out a corner. Oh, I, I do. I have I have uh, t- uh, two huge corner traps. They're great. Yeah. yeah. You uh, know what? I, I had my room assessed, and uh, I was told that there wasn't actually a lot of base buildup, um, but it can never hurt to put in one, at least a base trap. And so I've got one one base trap in in the corner. Nice. So very nice. Yeah. Still got to see how it sounds, but yeah. The VoiceOver Cafe. Uh, one thing that I want to talk about is anonymity in VoiceOver. I, I'm sensing that over the last little while, there's a number of folks that want to bring some light and, and want to shed a spotlight a little bit on the VO community. And so after like the inaugural Sova VoiceOver Awards, some have been saying that we want more public attention and recognition to VoiceOver. So what do you guys think of that, Peter? I just want a chance to put my posh frock on. <laughs> no, seriously. Um... There are two separate groups. I mean, as a serious comment, um, someone used the phrase blue-collar voiceover, and I think it fits for 95%, 99% of the people out there doing VO. We, there's nothing glamorous about medical narration or e-learning. It's a job of work. You do it, you do it well, you get paid. Hmm, nice lifestyle. But there are some people that uh, 
want it to be show business. They want the awards. They want the award ceremonies. They want to pick up a piece of um, gold-plated plastic from Shatner. I, I don't know. Um, I don't get it. Yes, put a red carpet. I'll dance down it. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think there's a split in the community to a great extent. And there's a lot of people jumping on this. And they want it. So they're being fed it. Yeah. And it's a business opportunity for anyone that wants to put on a... And yes, congratulations to everyone that wins. But until the pool is far bigger than it is for people entering, it's you're a big fish in a small pool, I think. Yeah. Sorry. Matt, your thoughts? Uh, I mean, all the power to anyone doing that sort of thing. And for, for an event like the Sovers, I'm not really interested in that. Um, particular aspect of voiceover I, I think it was actually the anonymity um, yet still being involved in a uh, in a high level of performing arts that it first attracted me to voiceover um, you know I, <laughs> I'm here in my cabin in the woods and, and I really like the work that I do uh, and uh, there's uh, a couple of projects that I've been on that have been quite high exposure like a cartoon series mm-hmm. um, and you know it's nice to have people feeding back as, as far as fans but um I, I yeah that striving for that doesn't interest me and i think in some ways uh the internet has probably brought about uh, a strong portion of the, the celebrityism and exposure of, of voiceover and, and it's brought it more into the spotlight and perhaps that's feeding mm-hmm. um the people who are interested in in making it more that way yeah uh, and like i say you know go for it it's it's not something that i would uh like to see change the industry in a huge way but uh if if individual people are are uh, keen on that part of it that's that's cool trish yeah people are certainly open to doing what they want if you know but personally um i mean if they if they get a kick out of you know being awarded or being in the spotlight so to speak but i do prefer the anonymity of it i don't i mean if I don't know how many people are actually getting work. Like, my question would be to someone that gets themselves involved in the the SOVA stuff on the Voice Arts Awards is, yeah, they're in the spotlight, but isn't it kind of preaching to the choir? Like, is anybody getting work out of this? How many people outside of people directly related to the industry Mm -hmm. really pay attention to these awards? And are people getting hired? Like, are clients paying attention to the awards and hiring? the people that are nominated and the winners that's that's my question but I mean to me I'd rather just spend time and, and money on you know on on marketing myself directly to clients like I've always done and you know I, I enjoy I do enjoy just having kind of like being able to hide behind my microphone mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. uh, yeah. you know and and without makeup and instead of you know I mean the one time a year is the Christmas party our big extravaganza bash thing mixer that we you know that we just went to a couple of weeks ago uh, in the city and that's the one time a year that I dress up and yep. you know get my hair done and do my makeup and the whole deal you know like go all out dress to the nines and um, to me it's like but that's uh, that's a it's an in-person party with a bunch of people that I know. Yes. You know, they're my friends. So I'm not really trying to make an impression on on any, you know, there's no red carpet or we don't do anything like that for the for the mixer. So to me it's yeah, it's a personal thing, but I I, I could care less yeah. about it. Um I just don't it's not something I'm interested in. I, I think sure? I, 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 I was think thinking you make a very good point though. Sorry. Um 
cutting across. Um, mm-hmm. A very good point about following the money. Who is benefiting from the awards? Is it the talent? Is it the exposure? Um, I'd like to hear, you know, if people have got work from their awards. Um, the other thing I don't think people have actually noted, I know there are a couple of VOs who aren't happy about the high profile at all. They were mumbling something about really screwing up the witness protection system. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, they, they wanted a low-profile job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in my picture anywhere. I, I can think of two instances in the last little while when, when voiceover uh, was elevated to become kind of a public spectacle. And, and one, it was a commercial that I remember from probably 15, 20 years ago that was for uh, one of the video rental companies. Uh, what, Blockbuster? Do they still exist? I don't think they do. Um, <laughs> and it was a commercial for Blockbuster where somebody comes in and says, yes, I'm looking for a movie of such and such that has, you know, action. And all of a sudden, from underneath the counter... Uh, pops out Don LaFontaine doing his movie voice and yeah. he's like, you know, you can check out such and such or this in Alpha, you know, I, I don't remember the exact words that he used, but it was great. You know, it's kind of neat and humorous because here's this guy that we've all heard for the last 10 years of our lives in the movie theaters mm-hmm. and on TV and you see him doing his, his thing. Um, and then the other the other one that I thought of is a little while ago, somebody had, uh, had said, you know, who are some of your early impressions, you know, that made a big impression on you when you were starting out in broadcast. And I thought, well, one of the guys was Ernie Anderson. And Ernie was the uh, was the booth announcer for ABC. And he actually may be the reason that many of us use the Sennheiser shotgun mic. That's probably a whole story that I don't want to go into yes. here. But uh, because of uh, maybe claustrophobia or where he wanted to do his stuff, they tried out the mic on him and the rest is history. At any rate, he was on David Letterman. I searched YouTube for his name just to see some stuff. And it was a really fascinating interview where the, he was like, uh, uh, you know, a, a party favorite where people would feed him lines and he'd read the stuff in his announcer voice and it was kind of fun. But, you know, those are such rare instances, I think, where the where the art of voiceover, we kind of look behind the curtain and see what's going on and, and I, I sense that, yeah, there are some people that are trying to do it to maybe get some of that fame. I don't think it leads to fortune necessarily. I think what you said, Trish, in terms of your time is much better spent trying to find new clients and try to find work than trying to become famous. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Right. I think if you to ask anyone in the street, they can list dozens and dozens of actors but if you really pin them down to voices they'll come up with maybe Don LaFontaine yeah. and Mel Blanc and yeah. that's it yeah that's as far as it goes because everyone else as well there's this equating of celebrity to voiceover as well right I mean you get any major documentary now it's going to be narrated by a, a Sam Neill or uh, a Sigourney Weaver or whoever because they don't want the anonymous name they want the celebrity and some of those screen actors phone it in let's be honest hello this is not morgan freeman the voiceover cafe podcast is brought to you in part by voiceoverextra.com your ultimate source for industry information and articles written by real pros and relevant to talent in all levels of the business that's voiceoverxtra.com I'd like a macchiato, but I don't want any milk. The other topic that's been kind of interesting late is is some people that were used to doing some sessions using Skype mm-hmm. have really noticed a change in service quality or in audio quality through Skype. Has that been anybody's mm-hmm. experience here? Oh, I had a session this morning that just completely dropped out. And yeah. I couldn't, uh, I was doing a phone patch with a client in the UK <laughs> and I had dialed into the conferencing number and then it just stopped working and then it dropped uh and i would try to make the skype call to this number again and it just was on hold or it was you know it was stalling the dial and then it dropped out i checked my internet connection i checked the skype call test and it was all fine 
and it, it just was not making the call. I had Skype credit, so there was nothing that I could see from my end. Yeah. And I ended up having to do the old call them up on the stupid landline and put it to my ear. <laughs> yeah, and I was, oh, I was, I was livid. It was, it was just I'm such sure. a yeah. big dropout. Yeah. I've certainly noticed a, a drop off in quality, but also uh, there's a podcast network I listen to who are actively looking for a Skype alternative because they're, they're saying uh, over the past three years or so, the quality has plummeted. It, it's unreliable. As, as Matt says, it's, it's the establishment of the call plus the call quality during the call has gone downhill. Yep, that's been my experience as well. I, I've had a few sessions that have been either phone patch sessions that will use Skype or people that used to either try to record over Skype. And it does seem as if the quality, what, whatever they've done, whatever changes they've made to the codec, it's introduced additional latency, a lot of dropouts if there's more than one person on the call. Um, and just, the, I, I remember five or so years ago, the quality of Skype was, was pretty good. And if you had a great connection with lots of bandwidth, it would continually improve. And that's not been my experience lately. Trish, have you had any experience? I honestly have not had had any problems as of late but I don't really use the Skype out Matt was just explaining that he was you know he seemed to have problems with the Skype out I don't really use that feature anymore because I used to live in the boonies and I didn't even have a very good cell phone service so I used to use Skype out all the time when I would make phone calls and I was also um, I, I had a whatever uh, I, I had a, a good friend, whatever, an ex-boyfriend. <laughs> I'm like trying to get around this. It doesn't really matter. Do, but do you want a hand out of that I was, hole you So I was dating somebody in England. This is a few years ago. And, and so we would talk on Skype all the time. And, and honestly, the only, the biggest problem I had at the time was with Skype mobile. But when I was on my computer, it was, it was fine. And so I've used it for a few phone patch sessions recently, but it's always been Skype to Skype. Okay. All so. Right. And honestly, I have not had a single dropout, but I don't record over Skype. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't really pay that much attention to the audio quality. Like I'm not, I don't dissect it every time. To me, if I can hear them and it seems fine, then, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't really know. To, I don't really compare, you know, like get, get really really uh, particular about the, the audio quality. Yeah. So, no, I personally haven't had any issues. But, okay, okay. You know, I, I, I've gotten you know. away, as much as I can, I've gotten away from Skype, uh, you know, being used as a tool for clients to connect for a phone patch or something else. And I'll just do Source Connect Now or uh, back when I had IPDTL, send them an IPDTL link, and it, it just seemed to work so much better, and the audio quality was so much better as well. Could I? I mean, I, I, I don't believe in conspiracy theories, really. <laughs> no, I don't, really. <laughs> what but a precursor. Could, could we plot the degradation in Skype from when it was a nice little self-contained go-ahead company to becoming just one of the hairs on Microsoft's head. Yeah, <laughs> I bet sure. we can. Perhaps. Yeah, I'm sure somebody along the way is like, hey, we can save some money if we use this uh, internal codec or whatever, and uh, it's like it's all uh, gone downhill. Yeah. The VoiceOver Cafe. Speaking of going downhill, let's talk about Fiverr. Oh, let's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's up with the, the with the Fiverr hashtag? People beating their chest. Hey, I just did some work on Fiverr for voiceover. Yes. Yeah. It's, what? Uh, it's become quite a divisive issue in the industry. Although, well, I can't say divisive. I mean, there are probably a, a small minority of people that are actually sticking up for it. You know, right. mostly the newbies that are using it to make $5 here right. and there. But, I mean, the thing is, is with Fiverr, it isn't just $5. Like, 
like a lot of the services, like you, you have something that you, because uh, I've looked into it and just to just to understand it more and like, how can it really be $5? And a lot of it isn't. It's a certain thing for $5 and then there's all these add-ons. Mm-hmm. So not that it, it ever equates to hundreds of dollars even, but right. you, you're still doing, and, and again, I'm not really defending it, but to get specific about it, it isn't just $5. Like you can make probably 30 to 50 dollars per job or whatever depending on what you're yeah on what you're offering so but yeah i mean like i i think that you know i mean i think terry daniel had something somebody somebody like said that terry like online on twitter he said something about um and terry might be joining us in a little bit just in case anybody was wondering (laughs) um and he had a Fiverr talent, like, tag Terry, trying to say that Terry's were, rates were too high and that they should hire the Fiverr guy instead. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Terry Daniel is not the guy to mess with when it comes to that stuff. This is going to get heavy really quick. <laughs> wow. But did you hear the, the upshot of that? No. Terry got the gig. Nice. Or a, a, a gig out of this conversation. I'm not saying specifically that, but it obviously prompted someone to look at him and obviously thought he was worth the money. Nice. Yeah. So, um, I'm sure he posted that on, on, on Facebook, but it, it's a case of it proves if you've got the quality, you charge what you're worth. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. But the other thing with Fiverr, I've got to say, I mean, Trish is exactly right when she says it's not a Fiverr. It's five for this. Oh, if you want it within 72 hours, it's another five bucks. And that was just for a paragraph. But that's something I hate with billing anyway. Uh, if someone books me and let's just pull a figure out the air and I'm charging a, a $350 session fee and there's no usage on whatever. It's not 350 Oh, plus there's my booze fee, plus my mic fee, Yep. plus the line... This is it. This is what you get. There's going to be... I'm not going to bill you like the cable company bills me, because I hate it. If you've got a job, I'll give you a quote for the job, and I won't nickel and dime you with booze fee, mic fee, file processing fee, and all, and all that stuff, which I know some talents do, and it's their business model. It's just not the one I want to use. Mm-hmm. Very right, true. Right. Yeah. It amazes me that anybody would want to have anything to do with Fiverr when we're talking about an industry that, that wants to be as professional as possible, charge as high of a rate as possible. We're going we're gonna to attach ourselves to something that appears to be commoditizing everything that wants to do that. Mm. Mm. Doesn't make a lot of sense so, to me. What I do like about Fiverr, here's another uh, different opinion. Um, what I kind of like about that and other crappy websites out there is that it sort of segregates the industry in that it puts a particular group of clients, or let's just call them buyers and people who need a voiceover, into a little pen over there on the other side of the field, and they can do their thing. Mm-hmm. And it kind of sifts them away from um, you know the, the professional working voice talent um, and that the way that that industry has been built up. Uh, I mean, the downside is that you will get people who could have been on the fence between the services and then they gravitate more towards Fiverr because they're like, what, five bucks? Mm-hmm. And then they're there. But, you know, for a, a large part, I think that Fiverr is, is things like, you know, just uh, cheap little projects that, you know, no one was going to pay any money for. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there of course there are lots of negative 
connotations mm-hmm. with it, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I think in a way it, it uh, provides us with, us with some convenience of not having to deal with a certain group of people who are looking for voice talent. That's true. I also think I also think that the problem is far bigger than it presents itself because one of the marketing deals with people that that use Fiverr that put themselves out on Fiverr, they've all read these marketing gurus, and the whole point is make a lot of noise, have an extremely high profile. And I, right. if they're making 50% of the noise, I guarantee they're not getting more than 2% of the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's disproportionate. And I think we have to have a measured response to it because I'm more and more, I'm, I'm feeling, it's a total irrelevance. They're annoying. They're, they're the little mosquitoes that buzz around your head on a nice summer's evening out on the deck. It's, you slap one or two once in a while, but they're going to come back and you've either got to live with them or go inside. I just think they're extremely noisy and extremely annoying, but no problem at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there we're kind of looking at two different schools of marketing or two approaches to marketing as well as there being these two different groupings of voiceover. And I was at, um, I was at a social media conference, uh, I think it was earlier this year or maybe last year, and they're talking about the, the current trends, like what is really working in, um, in effective advertising and marketing and it's all narrative it's it's you know telling a good story it's uh giving giving content that has some use to the people that are reading it whether they're going to buy your service or product or or whatever so it's it's all about quality of content and i think that when people get onto twitter and they're just yelling and and yeah like you said bish creating noise and it's it's just garbage um again it, it all it does is it helps to drive that line between what professionals are doing or you know people who have been doing this for a long time and have a more authentic approach to it uh and then you have the yeah the others yeah, yeah. stay away from the low cost place yeah and if and those of you uh we actually got a tip uh, a while back from one of our listeners Joshua Risser and he uh he actually brought up a tip uh that if you're on Twitter and you're you seem to be kind of getting inundated with the Fiverr hashtag and you don't want to see it anymore you can actually put the minus sign or like the dash sign before the word Fiverr and ah. you know Fiverr Fiverr has two R's oh, and if cool. you add that to your search so minus Fiverr and and then that's no quotes. Um, and if you add that to your search, uh, the, whatever you're using, whether you're using TweetDeck or Hootsuite or whatever, add that to your quotes. And if, if you're getting a lot of the Fiverr hashtag, if you add that, it'll actually take that away and won't include the tweets that include that hashtag. Sweet. So thank you, Joshua. That's good. One thing that is extremely annoying about these Fiverr idiots. Um, now, you all know my involvement with Wovo. I'm not going to push that. But uh, Wovo has principles and standards. We also have a hashtag. Mm. Um, There are a significant number of Fiverr advertisers. They're putting their stuff out there. Buy me, buy me, buy me. Hashtag Fiverr, hashtag Wovo. Mm -hmm. I remember when that happened a while ago. It's still going on and it's a source of great annoyance because these people, and I should be blunt about it, they've been asked to stop and they obviously have no regard for anyone else's business. They would use whatever they can to promote themselves, even hijacking the Wovo hashtag. And there's very little you can do about it apart mm-hmm. from look at them and go, you have no business ethics at all. Yeah. Well, well, I, do I think there you also have the intersection of three great institutions there, voiceover, internet, and trolls. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. that's, that's, some, that's some big trolling right there. 
Yeah. D- does Wovo mean anything else? Are they actually stealing the actual Wovo hashtag, or like, are they the, meaning they, to oh, reference? They, oh Wovo? yes, absolutely. They they did. Like, what's the point in that? I don't understand I don't what know. the benefit they, is. They that. troll. They uh, do I it think, because they yeah. can. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Okay. Because they think it's going to get traction. So they get themselves in front of people who have searched on the Wovo hashtag. And we have a lot of communication on Twitter. So if you search for the Wovo hashtag, you're still going to get flooded with these five dickheads. Muting yeah. is also a valuable thing on, on Twitter. I, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that you can mute hashtags and perhaps even like a combination of hashtags. So if you were like, if you were searching for Wovo stuff, uh, I'm next to certain you can just mute hashtag Fiverr. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that's work. And most people don't do it. I don't do No, it. no, like you permanently <laughs> mute or, or you, you just put in your settings in Twitter um, under under muting uh, what you want to mute on a regular basis. And oh, it won't okay. show up on your feed. Yeah, but that yeah. stops it on my feed, which doesn't stop the problem. That stops me that's getting true. annoyed, but it still puts it out to yeah. everyone else that, that's looking. Yeah. There. Just because yeah. I don't see it anymore. That's a little bit of a head in the sand attitude, I think. So anyway. You know, mm. it's, but they are an annoyance, and they prove it daily. Yep. The Voiceover Cafe. Moving off of fiber, because I'm starting to get a little bit of a stomachache. Um, <laughs> Peter, you're in the middle of a website redesign, yes? Yes. I Up until recently, I was... I am still extremely happy with my Squarespace thing, but it has some restrictions, and I wanted to flex my programming skills again because I hadn't done so for a while. So I was talked into uh, using Joomla on another platform. Now, I must admit, I did use Joomla because I didn't want to do what everyone else did and go with WordPress, because I'm a contrarian like that. (laughs) Classic bish, I would say. Because WordPress is so easy to use, so that must mean that Joomla is... What? I don't find... WordPress intuitive at all. I know a lot of people do, but you've got to invest time into it. So I thought, if I'm going to invest time in something, uh, let's go with this Joomla thing. I looked at a few sites. They look good. Hell of a steep learning curve. But Mm -hmm. I've had so many epiphany moments with it that uh, I'm really happy. And I'm enjoying the flexibility I've got rather than being tied into... I mean, you work from a template, but it's not as rigid as like a Squarespace template. I can basically get in there and crack the CSS, crack the PHP and change the modules, change the template. And I've managed to get it to do everything I want it to do so far. Um, It looks like a dog's breakfast because it's not ready for prime time. But a lot of it (laughs) is is what I'm doing, just trying out little bits and pieces. But it brings up the broader discussion about, I had a discussion somewhere else about websites and, and what the website says about you. I mean, I looked at a few recently that look like Oh, yeah, this person learned HTML in 1995. <laughs> or this person played trombone in their junior year of high school. <laughs> I've seen it. Nobody like, cares. oh, my God, really? Yes. It's that. Bios, nobody cares. The only thing in my bio is because it's relevant. I'm an Englishman that moved to New York. Mm-hmm. That's relevant. It, it's who I am. It's where I am. It has nothing to do with my history of photography motorcycle racing producing bands that sort of stuff because that nobody cares yeah mm-hmm. um, and nobody has time to care it's not so much that it, they're you know it's it's not a malicious not caring it's just like you know what the the people that hire us they come to our website they want to hear the demo and they want to be able to call us if they like it mm-hmm. or call us or email mm-hmm. us like to me those are the two like nobody they're not going to if you want to put in about um, about me page and that's fine but I don't I don't really think people listen or, or you know 
read it very often no, at all. The, the, it's the, like, the, who cares who what your dog's yeah. name is and that you like long walks on the beach? Um, you know, it's just not like who like nobody cares. And, and drinking pina coladas. Yes. <laughs> getting caught in the getting rain. Getting caught in the rain. <laughs> um, but no, on your website, you've got to have easily accessible front page demos and how do we contact you? Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and if you want to work that into an overall style or branding, great. But everything else, if you want to have it, bury it somewhere else. Well, I'll play a little bit against the uh, including personal info thing because, and, and maybe it's a, a bit of a Canadian thing because, you know, we, we care. We're uh... You're not Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not Canadian. You're, you're as Canadian hey, hey, as hey. I'm American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I was actually told by um, my, my best agent, my strongest agent here in Vancouver, that uh, they actually quite like on their talent personal websites um, for them to have a, a bio and uh, it was even brought up that some people include uh, the charities that they support um, which you know personally is is a step too far for me like I don't yeah. necessarily want to have that on the website like I'll sometimes share that with some clients um, if mm-hmm. it's if it's relevant but anyway uh, but they do like talent to have a bio um, and this is something that often gets put in CVs that, that we have to send out for uh, for like animated series and sometimes a studio will want to see your CV as a talent and it, it usually has that little bio telling a little bit more about the person I think it gives context but I, I totally agree that it can't be in the way it's got to be out of the way and um, people shouldn't need to click through that to get to the important things which are demos email addresses um, but uh, it, yeah it seems to be a popular inclusion at least in, in a lot of the circles that uh, that I've encountered the other thing people have more and more apart, apart from demos because so many people have access to video explainer work now that maybe having a, a featured video on your front page and then a link off to a, a gallery of other stuff if you've got the body of work I think is good to I, I think people like video um, on Agreed. the website as well totally agree oh sure yeah the other thing that I, I think sometimes works against people is even if there are some tangential areas that they're in, like if they do on-camera work or they do singing or whatever else, that, that's fine. And there are people that care about that. There are just not people that are looking to hire you for voiceover that care about that necessarily. So get a different website. I've always thought, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good idea. Even within what you do as in voiceover, uh, we all know certain VOs who have their regular site. Plus, then they'll have a completely separate medical narration site because right. it's such a mm. vertical market mm-hmm. um, yeah. you're, you're not going to want to listen to commercial demos or something if you're looking for medical narration you look for a medical narration site and there are all the medical narration demos so even splitting your just bifurcating your VO business can, can work but yeah, certainly I as I joked earlier I'm not going to put my goat neutering business on my VO page <laughs> <laughs> well plus yeah. you've had a really slow year with your goat neutering yeah what can you yeah. say <laughs> they, they, the more fashionable goats get the more they want them to breed so the neutering is out the window <laughs> cheaper than lawnmowers you seen the price of landscapers nowadays <laughs> yeah landing pages are, are a really popular thing these days I think in internet marketing advertising uh, and it, it's a good principle to sort of take on board uh, people don't have to but uh, there, there certainly isn't any harm in doing exactly what Bish said creating dedicated pages for certain facets yep. and uh, and being specific. The VoiceOver Cafe. 
We are right near the end of the year, and uh, near the end of the year, some people look at it as a time to maybe buy some new equipment, or they put some things on their wish list that they want uh, some people to buy for them and their family, or things like that. Do you guys have anything that you're looking to buy before the end of the year, or have you bought something in the last year that's really not been very helpful for you? Oh, God. I, mean, I, I was speculating with someone the other day, because uh, we were talking about the MKH-50 as uh, a better alternative to the MKH-416. Uh, it's about 1200 bucks, and I, I was actually looking at my pile of redundant microphones and interfaces and preamps that I collected over the last 10 years, and I think, if I could realize the money on that, I could buy two MKH-50s. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, maybe it's time for a clear-out and use that money to buy something nice. Yeah, that'd be good. Matt, how about you? I don't know if, if it was actually this year. I feel like I bought it quite a while ago but I bought the Apogee mic and I've just not had any love with it at all I, I just I ended up preferring to take my Sennheiser or uh, Rode NTG3 um, and the Apogee 1 unit which is really space efficient and uh, it I just I found that the Apogee mic is it's like it invites popping uh, yeah, it's, it's got a it's got a yeah. super pop uh, accelerator <laughs> or something like that, and I don't generally pop all that much. Um, I would love if I just did a plosive then, but <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it's just I, I haven't liked it for traveling. Uh, I still have it as a backup, and I actually keep it in my car now. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I would any day of the week prefer to pack a shotgun yeah, uh, yeah, microphone I, I, than to take one of the USB mics. I found the Apogee and all the other USBs, they pick up much, much more room noise. Some of the cheaper USB mics can just have a horrible noise floor and not a not a big fan of those either. But they were they had a, a good run as far as everyone nattering about oh the USB mics for traveling and yeah it's a it's mm-hmm. a great solution and uh, so they got some pretty good traction there and I, I jumped on board and yeah, yeah it's kind of feel disappointed. I bought well, actually, a- the, the mic I'm using now, the 8875R short shotgun, is my travel mic. And it's, it's really nice with a little shore interface. Oh, good. Nicely. Uh, the X2U or, or one of the newer ones? No, the, the MVI, I think it is. Okay. It's the one up, one up from that. Yeah. It's got a few more bells and whistles, and it's only like 29 bucks more. Nice. It's 129 bucks, and it, it's built like a hockey puck. You could do someone some serious damage with it. Nice. Um, piece of gear that I got in the last little while with the, with the new studio that I built, uh, I did want to be able to change easily between mics here. Let's see if you guys can identify what mic I'm talking about, okay? You ready? So this is the mic I've been talking on the whole time, and this is my other mic, so it might sound just slightly different. Can you tell the difference? Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. this mic yes. two. Back to mic number one. Do you have a preference? Which one do you like? Oh, geez. I didn't even notice the second switch. I actually heard the first one, but the second one was... Okay, so uh, mic one. Here's mic one. Hello, test, test, test. And here's mic number two. Hello, test, test, test. They sound pretty similar. One, one's a well, show. Actually, I, th- I think I like the second one. Whatever yeah. one you're on right now, I, that's what I own. Okay. Like it. Well, that's but good th- for different purposes. Exactly. That's that's, that's the mic you use, different. Trish, the one that you like. So that's the shotgun. And if I go, oh, okay. If I go back over here, I'm on the Neumann U87. They sound similar really? to each other. Yeah, just just slightly different. I would different. think that they would sound so different. They don't. I don't know, Sean. Using a U87 on a podcast is a bit <laughs> like driving a Ferrari to the corner store. <laughs> <laughs> so well, if you got it, this week it. on Overkill Podcast. <laughs> so so the, the the piece of gear that I that I got that I like so much is uh, it's called a Gold Digger. Yes. Uh, and it's made by Radial Engineering out of Canada. It's built really, really strong. It's a beautiful mic switcher. And the, 
The problem with most mic switchers or mic selectors is that they introduce a lot of noise and they're not very well built. This one is built really, really well where it just, it sounds great and it's uh, it, it's dual purpose. Like I can also mute myself just by selecting mic three because I don't have mic three. But uh, right. but depending on the project that I'm going to go on, uh, I'll just select the mic and boom, it's nice and easy. There's no, I used to go you know behind the desk and do the preamp and change it out with the XLR and now it's just a button. Sean, wow. I've, I've had that thing for two years now, huh. and I use three of the channels. One's the desk mic. I've got two mics in the booth, the 416 and an E100S at the moment. And yes, as you say, oh, which mic do I want to use? Yeah. Flip, flip. I love it, and it is built like a brick house. It is. It really is. Yeah, I, I got mine for somewhere near 300 bucks from uh, yeah. Martin Vire at Full Compass, and it's it's been great. It was his recommendation, and I wish I would have known it about it from you two years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't yeah, got to use it, mine yet, but it's getting installed, actually, as we speak, in a little side mount on, in the new booth. Nice. There's an oh. inter- interesting yeah, comment with this. I mean, I looked at it. I kept looking at it. I looked at it for a while. It's bloody expensive for what it is. But once I got it, the use I put it to and the build quality, I didn't mind paying that money yeah. a, a, a bit. It's it's worth it. It's built properly. It does the job. But it was a mic switcher, three hundred bucks. Yeah. Wow. So wait, wait, wait. So three three of us out of three out of the four here are going to have a gold digger. And Trish, you don't have a gold digger. Um, I should throw this in. I did. <laughs> I mention am it. a gold digger. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, I had mentioned it to Jordan, and he's got one as well. Oh, nice. All right. Good. Yeah, they're great. They really are great. So, do you think we're going to kick back from them for this? I don't know. We probably <laughs> should. <laughs> Buy their stock now if they're a public company because it's going up. <laughs> Guys, I got to duck out of the cafe. Aw, uh, yeah. thanks for joining us, you betcha. Matt. Yeah, Matt, great thanks to chat me. with you. I, I can't wait to uh, talk with you in your new studio. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll have to get you to take some pictures when it's all done. Maybe we'll post them on the site. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there will be plenty of photography happening. Nice. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, uh, I'll catch you guys next time. Yeah. Merry All Christmas. Right. Happy New Take Year. Take care. Matt. Merry Christmas. Thanks, yeah. man. Have a good one. Uh, bye bye. The Voiceover Cafe. Well, I kind of wish Matt didn't have to leave, but I'm sure you guys have an opinion on it. Getting in touch with some old contacts. I mean, Matt, I've seen Matt speak at some different places and talked with him about some of his CRM smarts, and he's a really, really sharp marketer and a great guy that's organized on things. Not to say that you two are not. I'm sure you are as well. Um, No, I'm not. Oh, okay. All right. Not at all. (laughs) Well, Um, uh, then, Peter, what do you think about it? (laughs) um, I am very old-fashioned. I came through decades in the corporate world using... Whatever tools were available, we always had the latest thing. I have suffered through Lotus Notes uh, and all sort of stuff like that, CRM stuff. They are only as good as the effort you put into them. Uh Um, And I have decided my shoebox full of scraps full of paper, Excel, uh, or sorry, numbers, spreadsheets, and my own email filing system works for me. And I, I just don't have the... I've tried it. I've looked at them. I just don't have the time, energy, or inclination to invest uh, the effort into learning a CRM to get the best out of it. Otherwise, it's, I, I, I don't even use an online calendar. I, I really? Use a paper, I use a paper calendar because, yeah, I'm an old fart. What can I tell you? <laughs> it See, works, I, though. I need I, the I, reminders because I'll forget to look at the actual paper calendar every day and go, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> also, with my um, email filing, I, I can find anything in no time flat, and I echo that structure in my documents um, just in the, in the finder. So I can, I can find things easily, and if I need specific dates, something happened, it's all in the spreadsheet. So 
I don't know. I see the value of good CRM, but I haven't got the energy to make it work for me. I'm a Luddite. What can I tell you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a Luddite. I would not categorize you as that, bitch. Well, in, in C- on, with CRM, I am, yes. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, with, well. Specifically with, with CRM and all these wonderful new tools to boost your productivity. Mm-hmm. Save four hours a week by investing 16 hours a week. Exactly. Doesn't work for me. <laughs> I know. I know. I get a little... I mean, I I have a bunch of old contacts, you know, that, that I, I try to, you know, touch base with occasionally throughout the year, but I don't really have, you know, an organized kind of plan in, in place. I don't have an organized plan in place for anything, you know? Like, it's it's just kind of something. It's just, you know what? I go with it. It works with my personality. It's... I still do okay <laughs> I'm still paying my bills and and to me it's what worked a lot of people have tried telling me I need to be more organized and and you know what if it's bound if it's gonna happen it's good it, it'll happen but and it has happened last few years very like uh, piece by piece mm-hmm. but it's you know it, it, the, the fact that I'm able to I've been able to come this far without really having kind of like a, a set plan for everything is it works for me I just go with it and I touch base with some of my like best clients over the last year and really start to you know just reconnect with with certain people that's kind of how I do it I just you know whatever it works for me so I believe in serendipity yeah if I'm meant to be in contact with that old client something will happen to remind me or remind them mm-hmm. um, I don't need a pop-up telling me hey you haven't spoken to this person in 18 months mm-hmm. Um so it's it's the holistic view to everything. It's rely on serendipity. If things are meant to happen, they will happen. And my next job is for Hallmark. <laughs> Sean, do you do that? Do you like keep and what do you do with with your like a mailing list type stuff? I um I do a little bit of emailing out. I, I've had kind of mixed experiences, or I'll just say kind of poor experiences when I have tried to collect a lot of database entries and you know send out whether it's individual emails or do email blasts. Years ago, um, I've not had a lot of success. You know, uh, many people will come and say, "Man, how'd you how'd you build your business? You know, how'd you how'd you get you know to where you are?" And I say, "Well, I think a lot of it had to do with timing." Because uh, I'll I'll send out whether it's um, you know a ton of demo packages or things through the mail and just don't get much back. I think it's a very noisy environment, and so I have not found what really really works well. Although you know you see you see people like Jonathan Tilly with League of List Builders and some of those folks that do some some great you know very structured ways to go through and and uh, stay in contact with people, and maybe that could benefit me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think maybe in 2017, yeah. I'll, I'll give a shot with some of that stuff and see if it can lead to some additional work or if just the old, good old picking up the phone and developing relationships and meeting with people. And, and that's, uh, that's the way for me to keep doing it. Yeah. Here's a question for you both. Um, it was interesting. I've had this discussion with someone and also I, I saw a very interesting company pushing their product. How to make your mass mailings not seem like mass mailings. Mm. Now, where I'm coming from is the minute I get the mailing, Dear Peter, whatever. I know it's a mass mailing because I just yeah. know from a pure business point of view, this person hasn't sat down and, and written me a personal letter. So it is a mass mailing by definition. And sometimes it's interesting to see the lengths they've gone to to make it not seem like one. Maybe I'm too cynical, 
But you get one of those, you know it's a mass mailing. Yep. So who are you trying to fool here? The only people making money off this are the people that write the mass mailing software programs. You know, follow mm-hmm. the money. Mm-hmm. Cynic strikes again. I-, I love getting the occasional email that's like, dear user not defined or something like that. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, somebody, yeah. somebody didn't do very good testing on that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, really. <laughs> Go up, boy. <laughs> nice. Well, this is the VoiceOver Cafe. We appreciate everybody listening. If you listen sporadically or you come to the website to listen or you click something that you saw on social media, you should know that we do have a feed that will actually bring this right to you as soon as a new episode posts up. And hopefully you have a podcast uh, program for using the iPhone. I think it integrates with iTunes on uh, on, an- well, on Android and iOS. Uh, the one that I absolutely love, and it's just a few bucks. It's called Pocket Cast or Pocket Casts. Super useful. And I- I'm sure there's some others. Peter, what-, what are some others that come to mind for podcast? managers? Oh, I'm sorry. I live in the Apple universe. I get everything via iTunes. Okay. All right. Works for me. Okay. Um, and then you can go to our website. We have the RSS feed, which is kind of the address to put into that podcast manager, and it's voiceovercafe.org slash feed slash podcast. And then you, too, can get the Voiceover Cafe podcast every time we post one up. Yay! Yes. <laughs> the Voiceover Cafe. If you're listening and you have a question about VO or you have something that you'd love to hear us discuss, then please send in your question about the studio or work or whatever you got on your mind to staff at voiceovercafe.org. Again, staff at voiceovercafe.org. We want to be your most popular voiceover cafe podcast that you listen to. Yay. That was a little bit of a joke. It didn't go over very well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like how many others are there really? <laughs> well, we keep taking out oh, the actually, other ones. Actually, so. I have to be fair here because they gave us a shout out. I want to give out uh, a shout out to uh, Sean Daly and Paul Stefano, the uh, VO meter. They gave us a nice shout out the other day. And Paul was at the uh, voiceover cafe uh, mixer. Oh, yes. Oh, he does a podcast. So oh, that's yeah, cool. It, it's, um, they pitch it as there are a couple of new guys and they're pitching it to new people. Um, okay. So huh. um, these are the mistakes we've made. We want to help you stop making these mistakes is hmm. one of the things that they hit on. That's so, an interesting uh, audience. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, it was nice to it was nice to meet Paul at, at the mixer and, and thanks for all of you guys for coming. The only guy that we were missing from the only person we were missing from the cafe was uh was Matt. Matt so yeah. you know, yeah. Terry and and uh, myself and Sean and Bish and even Jordan came out. So we got a nice little picture of the five of us. That was pretty cool. Maybe we'll try to like Photoshop Matt in or something. Now get, <laughs> get, a, get a stuffed kangaroo and put it in. <laughs> <That only happened. laughs> nice. I want to thank everybody for checking out the VoiceOver Cafe. VO News served up piping hot. We're over uh, 51 or 52,000 downloads, I think. So that's fantastic news. So uh, mm-hmm. great to be on with you guys. Look forward to talking to you next time. See you guys. That's a wrap on another episode of the VoiceOver Cafe. This is Sean Caldwell. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out other riveting episodes at voiceovercafe.org. Hey guys, I'm here. Sorry I'm late. Happy holidays to you. Guys? Hello? Oh, well, fine. Then f*** off.